Hey friends, welcome to episode 54 of Women of the Northwest. I'm your host, Jan Johnson. Today's guest is Amanda Roan, and we'll get to hear what it's like to be a mortician, a dairy farmer, the Scandinavian fair president, and involvement in the Brownsmead Grange. Enjoy this episode. Amanda, nice to have you here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this should be fun. I I'd say that every time because really all my podcasts are pretty fun. I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you've been neighbors, kind of Browns me neighbors yep. for since Gosh. Dirk was in high school or younger or yeah, whatever. we live in the house that Dirk grew up in. So yeah, because yeah. Dirk and Dirk's dad and. Ed, we're friends for many, many, many years. Right. Yep. Before that. And yeah. Yeah. Farm stories from way back. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. So I heard that when you were little, you grew up in a mortuary. I did. I did. <laughs> Can you tell us about that? Sure. Um, my parents bought a funeral home in Astoria. Um, gosh, nineteen seventy sometime. Um, they were like 25 years old and they moved there. And then I was born in um, 1981 and we lived at the funeral home until I was two years old upstairs. What prompted your parents to buy a mortuary? My dad went to mortuary school and oh, okay. then um, and then they got married and my mom was a school teacher. Uh-huh. And anyway, the funeral home came available and they decided they wanted to buy it. And so then they moved here. From, I think they were in Portland at the time. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. So then my mom stopped being a teacher and then she started working at the funeral home. Hmm. I don't know. Weigh it out. Kids or whatever. I know. I know. <laughs> Nobody's talking back to you. <laughs> What's that like? I mean, that's like, I've been to a mortuary before, but. <laughs> right. I know. For me, it's, it's so normal. I mean, mm-hmm. when I would have friends come and visit and then we would go to the funeral home and they were all scared about you know, it's going to be creepy and this and that, but it's just, I don't know. I mean, I screw up and it's just fine. I would watch, I would sit, sit on the side and my mom would do hair for people's Mm. hair. And they Mm. used to, my mom said they used to put my infant carrier in the, (laughs) in a casket while they were working. (laughs) And yeah, it was just, it was fine. It's not scary. It's very, it's a very warm place. What are some of the processes? Um, well, I, so I went to mortuary school, um, for, so I have a degree in um, mortuary science, mm-hmm. um, embalming and funeral directing. Mm-hmm. And so it's a two-year school, and I went to Mount Hood okay. Community College. And so then you learn, um, well, you do the embalming side of everything where you're embalming people, preserving people. And then um, you learn for the funeral directing, planning, coordinating. It's a lot of coordinating, you know, the event and everything. And then just... A lot of psychology classes mm-hmm. and just grieving process and mm-hmm. learning how to help people. Right. Yeah. And right. their worst time. So, yeah. 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 Hmm. And then makeup and. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, yeah. my mom mostly would do all the makeup. I mean, she would teach me how to do things and she yeah. would do hair. She's really good at hair. So, huh. Huh. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was, it was a lot. Um, It's not. After Dirk and I got married, and then I started doing some of the farming stuff, and the the funeral home stuff just wasn't my thing. I liked working with the people. I didn't really like doing the physical embalming right. and that part yeah. of the stuff. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I decided I would change it up and become a full-time farmer. So <laughs> that's what I'm doing. 
And I it's think, been 17 years. I yeah. figured it out. So yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I wouldn't mind doing the um, talking to families mm-hmm. business. Yeah. yeah. Because I think that's, um, I I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a gift I had to, to talk to sure. people through grieving or, you know, yeah. just what are you going to do next? And here's your opportunities that you could do or right. how to put together a funeral or memorial yeah. service or whatever, that kind of thing. Right. But the actual, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, and I was so young when I was doing it, I was like, 21, 22. And so the people that I would meet with were a lot older than me. And so I wasn't intimidating to them, which was good. They almost didn't know if it was going to work out. Uh And then afterwards, they would say to my mom, like, oh, wow, everything was great. We weren't really sure how that was going to be. And I was like, I can handle this. This is okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and so now you're a farmer. Yep. Yeah. What was that like when you first started living on a farm it was a little different for me (laughs) yeah well Dirk wasn't um he just let me kind of adjust to doing things on the farm on my own terms Uh I would I I started feeding calves and learned how to feed calves and I still feed the calves but then like with the milking I would come in there and he would be milking and I would maybe put on four or five machines Uh and then maybe the next time I'd put on 10 machines (laughs) and then pretty soon I was putting on you know, all the, you know, just working just equally. Yeah. And it was no big deal. So, Mm -hmm. so So what's a day look like? What's a typical day? Well, it's very different every day. Um, a typical day, like today I got up at five 30 and then I go out and feed the calves and Dirk goes out and feeds the cows, um, milk. Mm. Yeah. And, um, so I'm feeding all the milk calves, young young calves, um, up to about three months old. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feed them twice a day. And, and that's so, with the, just bottle feeding them? No, they have, well, some are on bottles, but mm-hmm. mostly they have buckets. I try to get them to drink out of buckets okay. as soon as possible. Yeah, it's a lot easier. <laughs> it's a lot easier, yeah. So then um, I do that, and then I come home, and then our kids, I get them up at 6 because they have to catch the bus at 7. Uh-huh. So then it's breakfast and getting there, yeah. lunches made and everything, yeah. and then they catch the bus. Got your homework, got your dinner. Yes, <laughs> and then we go back outside. We went out at like 7.30 today, mm-hmm. and... <clears throat> It can just be, it just depends, you know, like if you need to, the winter time, they're all in the barn, the cows. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more cleaning that we have to do. And then you have to sort animals depending on if they're going to calve in the next couple Mm -hmm. months or whatever. And then um, I do all the cattle records and um, all the health records and everything. and (coughs) And so I have a computer program and, Mm -hmm. and then when we have the vet come and you know, we check animals to see if they're pregnant and mm-hmm. so on. And then I enter it all into a computer and then I know when they're going to calve. And then, um, and I do all the financials, um, taxes, payroll, everything oh, like that too. Okay. So I kind of have a variety of yeah, stuff that I do. Yeah. So the I'm the business manager for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then, you know, in the summertime we make round bales. And mm-hmm. so that, then that becomes, you know, there, it's like there's less cleaning, but then we're doing farm mm-hmm. work, you know, mm-hmm. field work and stuff. Yeah. So our days just change. It's and then if something you call breaks that down. Farm, bur- farm work. Yeah. <laughs> right. As opposed to what you're just doing. <laughs> right. Well, outside field work, I should say. Yeah. But yeah, it's just different. But how many cows? Um, we're, we milk around 160. And then we have, we probably have 300 animals altogether. Okay. We raise all our own replacement animals. So that's okay. like those, the milk calves that I raise. So uh, what type are they? Uh, we have jerseys and. Holsteins, but we have 
Jersey Bulls, so everything is gradually turning into a jersey. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And all our milk goes to Tillamook, Tillamook mm-hmm. Creamery. For How til- does that work? Cheese. So, so you must have a big tank or something? Yeah, we have a big tank, there. and then the milk truck comes up every other day and picks up the milk hmm. for us. Yeah. And... Every yeah. other... Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And then, so that goes to cheese and... Cheese and ice cream, cream and... and yeah. And, yeah, yeah, or, mostly cheese and ice cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't really do much like bottled milk or like fluid milk. Mm-hmm. So, mm. yeah. So, what are some um, obstacles that you might face doing farming work? Well, I think I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is calving mm-hmm. problems, and um, I've gotten better. I've gotten pretty good at you know pulling calves and you know trying to figure out what the problem is and um so our veterinarian Dr. Hunter has taught me a lot of things. Mm-hmm. He's um taught me one of the last things he's kind of taught me how to do is like a prolapsed uterus which oh. is really challenging and that's oh, not fun. Gosh, I did that but with that with like uh, a U and I was just like mm. it's yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> and but like our daughter Ellen, mm-hmm. she's she's more of the farm kid of the two, and she's out there and she's watching and you know looking and she's not grossed out by anything. Mm-hmm. And if there's an animal that needs like a wound care or something, yeah. she's like uh, Doctor Hunter made a kit and you know oh. it's like here you go, you can do this, and then she just loves it. It's uh, yeah. So that's it's it's neat to see that and, yeah. and for them to yeah. learn the different you know. Don't you think? I mean, living on the farm, there's so many things oh, for yeah. your kids to learn. Oh, my gosh. Just the space and everything. I mean, they're more likely, they, they pay attention to, like, farm equipment, you know? So yeah. it's like they're always looking for, like, a tractor or something. But so you take them downtown and you have to tell them, don't step off the curb. You're going to get hit <laughs> by a car. But they're, like, they're more used to tractors than watching for tractors than for cars. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. And I think uh, the things on a, a farm, it doesn't matter, like, doing outdoor things in general it doesn't matter like what kind of a learner you are you mm-hmm. know if you're it may be not it may be a more natural thing to do than maybe being in a classroom sometimes sure you know yeah yeah well and you can figure out what works for you because mm-hmm. there doesn't you know it doesn't have to be just one specific way you just figure out i'm always learning different mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. work better yeah. i mean it's amazing you think you know what you're doing and then you do something else, you're like, wow, that was such a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. didn't I do that before? So, okay, so you have a milking machine. You're not sitting there hand milking. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have a we have a milking <laughs> right. We have a milking parlor. Uh-huh. And so you can milk um twenty cows at a time. Oh. So ten on each side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they come in and they get milked and then they go and yeah. They just kinda That's, know, hey, it's time. Well, yeah, they're pretty good about coming in. Yeah. <laughs> So, they go, oh, it feels so much yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. Well, those those first cows that come in are just like the smartest cows because they're in and out in like 10 minutes and then they can go <laughs> hang out and eat and drink and sleep and whatever. And you have the cows at the end who are not too sure and then they end up standing there for like an hour. Like, <laughs> this could have been much faster. Well, what could make it faster? I mean, what? Well, I don't know. I, I think they're just not, mo- was- they just, it's just the cow, you know? I think it's just some like of them. milk doesn't let down or mm-hmm. what happens? No, I mean, I they understand. just, they're just waiting their turn in the barn. Oh. You know, so the first cows that march on into the parlor first. Oh, I see. Because they're like, yeah, I know what, like, I know what to do. I want to get in there first. Yeah. Gets like consistently the same cows. That's funny. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. 
and they like per- certain sides and everything. So yeah, they're 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 neat. They're fun personalities. They definitely have personalities. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know whether sheep have that much personality. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they're baby. I guess you have to have a little one and you have to just like pet it all the yeah, time because yeah, that's yeah. what I find with the calves. It's yeah. like. The ones that I pet all the t- a lot, yeah. you know, then they, you know, they're chewing on you when you're out in the field. But yeah. if you don't, then yeah. they're just, and the jerseys, the, they tend to be more friendly mm-hmm. animals than the, like the Holsteins, you know, they're a little more standoffish. Yeah. So. The only, probably as close as I've ever been to a cow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> My uncle lived on a ranch in New Mexico and he had beef cattle. Okay. And there was a, a calf born, and you know my mom's like, "Oh, come on, see the calf, whatever." And then I'm going out there, and and but you had to cross in front of the mother to get oh, to the geez. other side. And my siblings did that fine, and I got petrified. Yeah, and just waited too long, and she just ran right over me. Oh, jeez, <laughs> knocked me down. Right, stepped on my stomach and stuff. And I just have had a healthy respect for yes. those animals. You do, and- you do, and the beef cows are much more. Yeah, we'll have the the instinct, you know, yeah. the the mom instinct yeah. where like dairy cows, because we have that, you know, they, they calve and then we bring them into the barn and then they're in a maternity pen together, mm-hmm. but they only stay together for like one to two days. Oh, and then oh. I take the calves and raise them at that point. I see. So some cows really do have a maternal instinct, but there's a lot that just. You know, they kind of no. They're really, like yeah. they have a calf, and then they're like, I don't remember where I put the calf, and then you're like, oh, I will find the calf. So, yeah. But <laughs> that was funny. Um, so let's see. You are also been involved in the Scandinavian Festival, or right. that arena. What's that like? Yeah. Talk so about that organization. So I. Um, I was Miss Norway when I was in high school, oh. and then I won. I was Miss Scandinavia. And then um, after college, after I came back, um, I was part of the Scandinavian Festival Association, and um, I helped coordinate the entertainment, and then um, and then I chaired it for a couple years. And then um, my son, Kirk, was born, uh-huh. and I just didn't have the time. <laughs> so <laughs> um, say that to you. Yeah. But now, so my son, Kirk, he was the uh, crown bearer a couple oh. years ago in the festival. And then um, my daughter, Ellen, was a junior Miss Norway um, last year in the festival. And so they've gotten to, they really love it. They yeah. really enjoy learning about their heritage. And, yeah. and so it's it's a really, it's a really nice event. Yeah. They have costumes yeah, and everything. Dancing and- yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a really neat event. And the new Nordic Park downtown Isn't is that, amazing. Yes. Yeah. Did you help with that? No, but no. I've just, we were at part of the dedication yeah. and stuff that or Ellen was. So cute, so. the little gnomes and the... Uh, oh, yeah, the and the archway and how yeah. it lights up. It's really beautiful. It was very well done. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I yeah, agree. and a nice thing when you're just coming into town for yeah. tours or whatever. Yeah, so it's it's really see. neat and how it tells the story of Im- immigrants and everything. And yeah. You know, this. And then walking up the steps from the Riverwalk side is mm-hmm. really neat, too. It's uh, kind of, it's a, like, yeah. that's the, that's supposed to be like the main entrance. It's like a very grand entrance. Okay. It's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I'll need yeah. to do that. What um, what kind of things happen at the Scandinavian Festival? Well, they have the um, they have the coronation, which is the first night, and so they have the princesses who represent the different countries, and they do a speech about what um, their heritage means to them, and then um, and then somebody's crowned Miss um, Scandinavia, mm-hmm. and then um, and then there's some dances, and there's just music that they have people come from. Um, 
you know, Scandinavia, whichever country they, you know, have that year, uh-huh. you know, somebody coming in to do entertainment and then, um, lots of food yeah. and, you know, artwork, cultural, and food, cultural and food. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a really neat, it's a really and neat. And that's how at the fairgrounds? It's at the fairgrounds. Uh-huh. Yeah. In June, usually in the June. end of June. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Very yeah. fun. Yeah. But yeah. It's really neat. Really, yeah. Different kinds of instruments probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So when I did it, when I was on the court, um, when I was in high school, we I'm we're Norwegian or I'm Norwegian and Danish, but uh-huh. we got the um, material sent over from Norway, and then all oh. the directions were in Norwegian, and so um, <laughs> Judy Dreyer, she in town, she uh-huh. um, translated it all for my grandma. Oh, and then my grandma made the costume, and my aunt and my grandma both embroidered it, and oh, then wow. sewed it together, and yeah, so it's it's pretty cool. But so then. I'm, so you're making new costumes every year for your kids because they're no. Well, I bought I bought a costume for Ellen. It's a Norwegian. It's an yeah. authentic costume. We yeah. bought that for her, and then I've made vests for Kirk. Uh-huh. So I'm kind of waiting for him to get to stop growing, <laughs> and then I'd like to make <laughs> him a, a yeah make a costume like a vest that would match where mine is from. Oh oh so yeah yeah, yeah that would then, be neat. yeah then we could have something yeah and then hopefully Ellen could wear my costume if she decides right. to be a senior. Right. So, you know. Yeah. If she follows princess. in your footsteps. Right. You right. Know. Which I think it will not be hard to convince her yeah. <laughs> to do that. She was really sad when it ended this year. Oh, so she really, oh, really yeah. loves it. Yeah. Do they um, do they teach non-Scandinavian people how to do the dances? Or Yeah. I think anybody can join the, the, the dance group in town. So, yeah. You just have to get yourself a costume. So, yeah. And then pretend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could you or you could just learn some of the dances and then do it at the dance at yeah, the yeah. at the event. <laughs> no imposters. Right. Know, yeah. <laughs> Might have a little imposter syndrome. Right. Right. <laughs> and so now you're involved with the Brownsmeet Grange. Yep. What are you doing with that? Um I'm I think I'm the secretary right now. Oh who's but- the president? My husband, Dirk. <laughs> and the vice president? Uh, I think Mati is 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 in there. And then, there must um, be a secretary. Yeah, I'm the secretary. And then Hillary is the treasurer. And okay. somebody else, or me, somebody's the, the worthy overseer. I know that's a title. And I'm not oh, really sure where, overseer. I'm not really sure where that fits in. But so it's a, it's a good group of us. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, we have actually coming up on Valentine's Day, we're going to have a Italian family dinner oh. um, at the Grange. And so, and it's going to be, um, it's on Valentine's Day, which is a Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. So that'll be, that'll be fun. I have to get my advertisements going for that. That's right. And then we have um, in, oh, July or August, we do a crawdad feed. Mm-hmm. And then um, the corn feed is in September, whenever. October, whenever the corn, <laughs> whenever the corn is ripe. But those events have been really fun, and and I we're just trying to get more community events at mm-hmm. the Grange, yeah. So more people involved and yeah. coming down there, and we've now done that some pickleball. Done, yeah, we can get together. Again. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. such a great space. Mm-hmm. So and then we have you know has like a basketball court, you know, like mm-hmm. and so that's been fun. We well and. You know, I guess, well, it's not technically, I mean, it kind of looks like you could have a stage there if you wanted to. Right. You know, or, yeah. 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 I, with Charlotte's mm-hmm. one interview and she talked about how the whole kitchen was the back of the stage right. and everything, which would be kind of yeah. interesting to see. And yeah. So I think uh, there could be some, something. So talk about, um, what is a Grange? Not everybody knows what a Grange is. Well, I guess it's just a 
community hall, meeting hall. But there's would, like granges all over. They're like right. There's the Oregon State rules or something. Or? Yeah, yeah. There's rules. I think there's a lot of rules. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think it was originally just set up in uh, all the small little rural communities. And then I think like the farmers and everybody would get together. I think it was just more of a meeting place. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have membership. Yeah. There's membership. And, um, what do you get for being a member? Um, just get to be a member. Yeah, just get to be a member. Yeah, I think we should have a pin or something. Right, you know, there I mean, should be. So, be yeah, there should be a special T-shirt. I am right. a Grange member. Right, Browns me Grange right. member. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's interesting to see the newsletter with the Grange Oregon Grange newsletter because you know down in the valley there's a lot more people mm-hmm. who are in their granges are really big. Mm-hmm. They'll have attendance, like how many the people oh. like they've grown eighty people joined or something. So they have really <laughs> large groups, and so. We're really a small range. You know, we maybe have 10 to 15 members. Yeah. So. Well, and even so, what does, uh, when you pay your membership, where does that go to the. That goes to Oregon the Oregon. Grade? That goes to the Oregon Straight Grange. So yeah. Really we don't keep, anything. we don't keep the money. Yeah. yeah. So we, yeah. So we're happy to have people volunteer and just, you yeah. don't have to even be a great, you know, a paying Grange right. member. You can just volunteer and, and help part, and be part be, of it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. it's. It's fun. I think it's a it's a nice group of people and it's a mm-hmm. fun place and trying to make it more friendly for volunteers. Yeah. So we changed the corn feed this year where we had it as one seating and we sold tickets ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And and that was really enjoyable because uh-huh. it didn't it wasn't just a eight hour slog right. of work. It was like, you know, two hours of serving and then we had so many people that volunteered to help clean up and everything. Right. It was really wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, well, having the Grange there and that community is really fun to be a part of, and it brings people closer together, and we're all there for each other, yeah. right? Yeah. And even, like, with the, uh, last week when it was raining like crazy and mm-hmm. Ed was out there <laughs> trying to do sandbags right. and keep the dike from uh, overflowing and everything, right. and when he gives call to people, people show up. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That was wonderful. Yeah. Sandbag just... creating event. <laughs> So, I mean, how many people even know about doing that? I don't know. Yeah, I've never <laughs> done it before, but it was great. Because Ed was going to do that by himself. I said, you know, we have neighbors and we have other people yeah. who will help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, everybody showed up and it was yeah. it was really fun. And I think what happens is because of the things that are going on with the Grange, you mm-hmm. develop the friendships and right. the wanting to be a community to be for each other. Right. It's more than just, oh, there's something and yeah, somebody else will do it or right. whatever. Yeah. Know? Yeah. No, I so, agree completely. I think that's really, really good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you one more question. Okay. Um, What is the thing that brings you the most joy? Well, probably my kids. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's fun to... Watch them grow, and everybody says it goes quick, and it really does go quick. Yeah. So it's yeah. yeah see what they're interested in, and yeah, and yeah. be there and train them up to be new farmers. Yeah, try my best. Try do, my right? yes, yes. <laughs> try to prod them along and keep them going the right direction. Right. But they're yeah. really good kids. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you, Amanda. This thank has you. Been fun. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Okay. So to answer some of the questions about the purpose of a grange, which both Amanda and I were not quite sure on, here's what Google has to say. 
The purpose of the Grange, officially named the National Grange of the Order of Patrons of Husbandry, is a social organization in the United States that encourages families to band together to promote the economic and political well-being of the community and agriculture. Grange meetings are run by Robert's Rules of Order and are designed as a forum for civil discussion and debate in which all can have their say and be equal in decision-making. Why did farmers form Granges? The Grange, also known as the Patrons of Husbandry, was organized in 1867 to assist farmers with purchasing machinery, building grain elevators, lobbying for government regulation of railroad shipping fees, and providing a support network for farm families. By the early 1870s, there were more than one million members. What did the Grange believe? They believed that the farm held the country together and that every American relies on the farmer. So they wanted to make sure that the farmer was heard in all things political, social, and economic. With increased membership fees, Grangers began petitioning politicians for measures that would be beneficial to farmers. And how did the Grange affect farmers? Some farmers learned basic educational skills like reading and writing through the Grange, which would take us back to John Fenton teaching kindergarten there. The Grange organized social events, such as fairs and gatherings, which helped break up the tedium of farm life. Indeed, the community aspect was a big draw of the Grange. So, as Amanda said, she's all organizing all kinds of activities there. And wherever you live, you are welcome to join in the fun. Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Share it with your friends if you'd like, or you know somebody that might be interested in this. And as always, you can find me on my website at jan-johnson.com. We'll see you again next time.